Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to 10-Minute Murder, Brief and Bingeable True Crime. I'm Joe, the host, and thank you for joining today. Well, part of that's true. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm always Joe, but I'm not the host of this episode. If you've caught the previous two episodes, you know that I am currently away on a work trip. And in the process of getting ready for that trip, I was going to make episodes to be released, you know, do a bunch of them ahead of time to be released as I was gone so that you'd never even know that I was gone. And I got into that process and decided, you know what? It might be a lot cooler if I reach out to some of the podcasts that I listen to. I personally listen to the true crime podcasts that I spend my time listening to that maybe you don't know about and see if they would want to guest host an episode while I'm away. So that's what I did. I did not, though, put a stipulation on the time. They don't have to conform to the 10 minutes that I normally try to stick to. Also, the topic. They can talk about any true crime topic that they want to. I didn't choose their stories. I didn't choose anything about what they're going to say. So it's fully representative of what you would get by listening to their podcast, which I do encourage that you do. Uh, You can go to the show notes of each individual episode, including this one, and you'll see how you can connect with their show. The one today is from Emily and Megan of Popcorn Murder Stories. Hi there. Thanks so much for joining. My name is Emily, and I'm one of the hosts of Popcorn Murder Stories, a not-so-true crime podcast. We are so excited that Joe asked us to guest host. We love 10-Minute Murder. So yeah, when when he hit us up, we were like, absolutely, sign us up. Now, a normal episode of our podcast runs significantly longer than 10 minutes. But on our Instagram, we actually do something called Popcorn Murder Stories Bite Sized, which is basically little mini-sodes in video format where we get to talk about not just murders like we do on our regular episodes, but other, you know, dark history unsolved mysteries, cases that are in progress, updates on on murder cases that we've already covered, all kinds of awesome stuff. So what you are about to hear is actually our most recent installment of Popcorn Murder Stories Bite Sized. And in it, my co-host Megan tells the story of Rashid Young, who is a young man from Pottstown, PA. We're from Philadelphia, so that's not so far from us. He went missing three years ago, but his boyfriend was just charged with his murder. So it's a newly unfolding case, and Megan did a great job covering it in the video. So I'm going to put the audio right here. 
This episode, I will be talking about the disappearance and murder of Rashid Young, a larger-than-life aspiring actor from Pottstown, PA. When Rashid was young, he and his family were experiencing homelessness. As a result, um, Rashid was placed into foster care temporarily. As time went on in this new placement, he ended up suffering a great deal of abuse from that family. So then, years later, at the age of 17, um, Rashid took that foster care agency to court via filing a civil suit. Rashid won his case and was granted a trust fund that was reportedly worth almost $2 million. As a person, Rashid was just a bubbly six foot seven person with a smile on at all times. He could make friends no matter what or where he went or who it was. And he was the life of the party during family get togethers. In general, he really loved his family quite deeply. And, you know, ask anybody, he was quite protective of them. After high school, he attended the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City. He had his eyes set on Hollywood. And, you know, if acting wasn't on the table, you know, there was always modeling. <laughs> in August 2019, and back in Philly, it seemed like Rashid, 22, had just, like, up and abandoned everyone in his life. He wasn't getting back to friends either via text or social media. Really, he wasn't posting on social media at all. And when he did text back or message back, the messages were like really short and had like kind of like an angry tone. And like none of this made like any sense. His biological mother remembered one time where she reached out to her son um, because he hadn't come to visit in a long time, which was out of character. As a response, he flat out told her that he didn't want anything to do with her or his family. Kimberly, Rashid's mother, knew something was wrong right away. In another instance, same vibe, Kimberly had reached out to Rashid to tell him that his youngest, his younger brother and the youngest overall had just experienced a seizure. He texted back saying that he couldn't do anything to help his family. So like five red flags there. Mm -hmm, I know. She also, she was also starting to field calls and texts from Rashid's friends who were very concerned. She didn't have much of an answer for them, but they kept checking in. Eventually, the shortening texts that she was getting um, just stopped. And so Rashid's family reported him as missing in December of 2019. Shortly after that, they froze the bank account that had the money from the lawsuit that he had won. In general, the structure of that was that he had been, he would receive like, um, you know, a regular installment via checks. You know, there's kind of roll out. It was, you know, kind of did its own thing. Reporting Rashid as missing, though, ended up tacking on more of that sinking heart in the bottom of your, bottom of your stomach feeling. At one point, uh, Rashid's landlord discovered a substantial amount of water damage in the apartment building they owned. When he tracked it down, it led him to Rashid's apartment specifically. When they got inside of the apartment, it was discovered that one of the sinks in there had been clogged and the water was just like left running. All in all, it racked up about $20,000 in damages. Rashawn had been responsive at first, according to the landlord, but then just like dropped off and stopped responding altogether. The landlord um, decided to press charges, which meant that Rashid had a warrant out for his arrest for criminal mischief, you know, unbeknownst to his mother. So 
Not only was Lara worn out for her son's arrest, but she felt it was also affecting how seriously the cops were now taking her missing persons claim. So while those two things were kind of like going on and like those cops were kind of like chewing on that, there was a separate pair of cops who were chewing on a case at the Aubrey Arboretum, which is a sprawling 56 acre tree heaven utopia because they're not dead, they're alive. Anyway, it's in Germantown. <laughs> in September of 2019, a groundskeeper was kind of like doing his rounds and he was making his way to this like random partially filled hole by one of the walking trails he had noticed a couple days earlier, just kind of like fill it. As he approached the hole around 845 that particular morning, he noticed that it had been filled in already, kind of, and some kind of sack bag was kind of poking out of the hole. On a hunch, he contacted the police who went on to discover a human skull and quote, bones of a partial body. Nearby the uh, was a recycling bin um, that looked like, you know, it was involved. So it was also entered into evidence. The body was badly decomposed, but the um, medical examiner was able to say that the victim had been stabbed several times. Um, after that assessment, the body was just sent to the city morgue and remained unidentified. Philly lawyer Nadim Bazar um, was teaching at Temple University at the time when he heard about Rashid um, being missing and created this Find Rashid practicum for the 2022 spring semester, which would illustrate how a missing persons case is dealt with in general and how it impacts the missing person's family and how to also kind of deal with that intense grief. Bazaar actually knew Rashid quite well. He was Rashid's lawyer when he was just 17, suing the foster care agency that placed him in an abusive household. The two also kept up with each other through the years too. So they kind of would just talk back and forth. Bazaar was also, you know, got wind of something not being right at the end of 2021 when another one of his lawyer friends told him that Rashid hadn't touched his grant in over three years, which was strange. Again, because it's the regular installment, it kind of just runs itself. Bizarre started finding Rashid with um, two of his students named Maggie and Peter, and they got like right to work coming through all of Rashid's social media accounts and the messages for each one of those. They got witness statements from those people who saw him last and walked around, around to like all of the spots he would kind of frequent. In addition to that, right to know requests were filed with the Pottstown police. The next piece the trio utilized um, was a PI by the name of Jeffrey Goldstein. He found that Rashid's car was still kind of being driven around. He was able to track it down somehow and saw the 2018 Honda Pilot SUV parked on a block in Mount Eastbound Airy. In April of 2022, he handed this intel over to the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office, who after reviewing all of the, all of the materials, agreed to take on the case. This was the, you know, strike of lightning that the case needed because in less than a month, the homicide detectives, note that I'm not saying missing person detectives, found themselves at the city morgue investigating this body that had been found at the Aubrey Arboretum in 2019. Through dental records, they were able to confirm that it was in fact Rashid Young. If you remember from earlier when Rashid's body was discovered, there was also a recycling bin nearby. During that initial investigation, um, it seemed like no one really thought much of it. You know, the bin could, you know, the, what, you know, what is this bin? You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have to like trace it back. Like, it could totally be random. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, the people could have 
picked it up along the way, you know, like whatever. Well, as I'm sure most of you are familiar, um, but with adulting and such, they hand out recycling bins for free. Um, in Philly, these bins have, recyc uh, have serial numbers. The initial detectives did run that serial number, but didn't really follow up even when Rashid's family did report him as missing three months later. The address turned out to be of his apartment building. These new Montgomery homicide detectives, however, ran the number and traced it back to the 200 block of East High Street, where the apartment was, like I just said. And it was also where Kayshawn Sheffield, his boyfriend, was staying with him. So they were like, hmm, let's follow up on him. Since the water damage investigation eclipsed Kimberly reporting her son missing and the body found, you know, by a trail at the Ar Arbery Arboretum was deemed this like John Doe situation, Kayshawn wasn't properly looked at, despite the fact that those who knew Kayshawn and Rashid as a couple had reported that their two-year relationship was a rocky and sometimes violent one. Kayshawn had told mutuals of theirs that Rashid had broken up with him before he went missing, and he hadn't heard from him since. This was the same reply Kayshawn gave to the landlord who called him about the water damage when he couldn't get in touch with Rashid. Quite strangely, boldly, track covering, I guess, Kayshawn also reported Rashid missing right around when Kimberly did in December of 2019. When the Potsdam PD dropped, where they dropped the ball, the Montgomery detectives did not. They armed with PI Jeffrey Goldstein's intel about the car. They followed up on the area in which it was found. Um, and it turned out that it, um, Kayshawn's mother's house was very, was right there. And very close by was the Albury Arboretum. But where was Kayshawn? All of this had gone down in 2019, but it was now 2022. In addition uh, to Kayshawn's mother's house, you know, you know, the car being nearby, they were also able to, to obtain cell phone data that proved that all these like bitchy texts Rashid was supposedly sending were sent from Kayshawn. Not great. It was sent from that area. The detectives were also able to track down an ex of Kayshawn Sheffield. This ex had information that only someone with like a first-hand experience or experiences would have. He told detectives that Kayshawn told him that Rashid and Kayshawn had gotten into a heated argument, which turned into a physical fight that Rashid had initiated uh, when he pulled out a knife. In the midst of this fight, Kayshawn stabbed Rashid several times. Kayshawn then transported the body to his mother's house where he placed Rashid in the recycling bin, which... I have questions about that, obviously, due to how tall Rashid was. Kayshawn was telling him all of this because he needed help getting rid of Rashid's body. The ex agreed and accompanied Kayshawn to the Aubrey Arboretum, um, but apparently only helped with digging the hole and then like immediately bounced. He was like out of there. You know, just to kind of, you know, bring this all home again, the lack of posting on social media, not getting back to friends, short, angry texts to family members and texting with the landlord about the water damage was all Kayshawn. But I want to add that before the bank account had been frozen, Kayshawn had managed to siphon off $8,000 for himself. But thankfully, on uh, June 1st, 2022, Kayshawn Sheffield was picked up uh, and charged with first degree murder, third degree murder, theft by unlawful taking slash disposition, receiving stolen property, possession of an instrument of a crime, and access device fraud. 
due to the fact that his first degree murder charge, he was default at denied bail. At the time that I'm recording this, Kayshawn's preliminary hearing was yesterday. He will be held uh, for trial regarding the first degree murder and other related charges. And his formal arraignment is set for August 31st. Um, so as you guys know, with Bite Size, sometimes we do ongoing cases here, uh, which is not something we technically do very often on the podcast. But I kind of wanted to bring this to light because this was something that happened in Philadelphia over the pandemic. And, you know, it's just... It was kind of, it was a very sad case. So it's, it's very, um, it's, it's good to finally have some kind of answers and have some kind of movement on it and for, um, you know, Kayshawn to go to court. All right. Emily back here. And again, that was Megan, my co-host on Popcorn Murder Stories, doing an excellent job telling the very tragic story of Rashid Young, who hopefully very, very soon is going to finally see some justice Thank you guys so, so much for spending 10-ish minutes with us today. Again, thank you to Joe for having us. We love 10-Minute Murder, and we hope you really enjoyed this little taste of popcorn murder stories. If so, you can check us out wherever you are currently listening. We're on all the major podcast streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and or follow us on Instagram. We're at Popcorn Murder Stories on Insta, and you can check out the video version of the story Megan just told and all our other bite-sized video minutes there. So thanks again to Joe. Thanks again to Megan for doing such a great job telling that story. And thank you guys for listening. As we say on our show, be nice and do the right thing. Take care.